welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate the Wickedly Smart Women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create change all around the world. Now here's your host, Emerald Green Forest. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate wickedly smart women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom, along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Emerald Green Forest, and today we welcome our very special guest, Sherry Dutra. Sherry is an executive coach and facilitator who works with corporate leaders in small to mid-sized businesses across the span of their careers. She helps them to accelerate business growth and team performance, navigate their own career path, and transition to retirement with ease using proven methodologies and strategies that get results. Sherry's got an undergraduate degree from Boston College in human development and psychology, an MBA from Riviera University, and is a graduate of and a faculty member of for the IPEC Professional Coach Training Program. She brings over 25 years of corporate experience to her business and her wisdom to our show today. So welcome, Sherry. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thanks, Emerald. I really appreciate having the opportunity to be here and to talk with your audience today. Awesome. Well, you know, clearly you're somebody who has been in the realm of leadership for many, many years, working with leaders in corporations and businesses across the board. And uh, obviously, you're also a leader in your own business. So we're going to go down the path today of talking about leadership. And I'd love to have you start by talking about how you were called to step into a leadership role. Like what's the backstory there? So I would say, you know, starting as a young child, actually worked in our family-owned business. And so there was a leadership in being able to step up to that responsibility, literally at the age of 10 years old. And so I started working very young and it was something that taught responsibility. It was something that taught how to manage money, how to work with people. And from that, it led me to ultimately pick that degree at Boston College to work in human development and psychology because I was always interested in learning. So from Little, little. I can remember we had a um, playroom in our basement and I had a chalkboard, I had a desk. And if I didn't have a friend or a cousin or somebody there to teach, I'd put my my uh, teddy bear in the chair and <laughs> teach the teddy bear or something. So I love to teach. I love to learn. I was one of those kids that loved school to help others learn and grow, which led into leadership. So right after college, I went into a management development training program with a company uh, to get more expertise in that area to help me move into human resources, which is what I wanted to do. And so I think I've always been uh, someone who has taken a lot of responsibility and has wanted to be able to help others. And that has led into stepping into a variety of leadership roles over the years and in also wanting to help others develop as leaders 
I'll stop there. (laughs) Yeah, beautiful. So I'm called right away to ask you about leadership and how you would define leadership because I, I feel like there's a lot of different understandings of leadership out there and actually a lot of different styles of leadership. So I'd love to have you talk, if you would please, a little bit about maybe your basic leadership philosophy. Like, Mm -hmm. are you more interested in building collaborative leadership? Are you helping people in that have more of a command and control kind of leadership style? You know, is there a third or fourth or fifth leadership style (laughs) or philosophy that we could learn more about that maybe is your area of expertise? Talk Mm -hmm. a little bit about your fundamental leadership philosophy, what it means to you to be a leader and what it means to you or the kinds of leaders that you want to work with. Yeah. Yeah. So there are a lot of different leadership styles out there. There is no one path to being a great leader. Everyone's an individual. And so what I think is most impactful to uh, leaders who can really do a great job in leading a team and be able to get the kind of team performance and results that they want is for someone who first is authentically themselves who is able to tap into and engage and motivate and inspire the people who work for them. There's lots of different ways that one can do that. But the essence of leadership to me is being able to do that with the folks who are working with you so that you're in a place where you are acting as an emotionally intelligent leader, that you're able to understand who you are, your own emotions, the emotions of others, how to reason with those, how to also manage your own and others' emotions in the workplace as well. All of that goes towards being able to be the type of person who can understand and individually know their people. So that's part of what helps to motivate and inspire because Every person is unique individual. What motivates each person is different. And so a leader who is going to do a great job at driving team performance and results is someone who can get to know their people individually, to understand what makes them tick, what drives them, what their values are, what their strengths are, what do they find purpose and meaning in, and helping to align those important things for each individual with what they're tasked to do each day. Mm, Beautiful. I love that. So uh, some of the things that I think are really important for leaders and and leadership is to really value the vision, right? For me, a leader, their main role, besides working with the people to bring the vision into fruition, their main role is really being that big picture thinker, the strategist, the person who is seeing where all of this is going in the end and who is able to then communicate that. But it starts with the leader actually having to value that vision. And so I'd love to have you talk about your own personal, like in your own business, what did it take for you 25 years ago when you first got started at this? Or maybe what does it take for you every single day to reinvigorate your own vision and continue to value your vision and be willing to invest your own time, energy, your life into being the leader that you are. 
Yeah. So, um, so I have worked over 25 years in corporations before I started my business and have been doing this business now for 11 and a half years. And what it allowed me to do, so my vision there was to have the opportunity to be that person that was actually working directly with leaders their teams, with individuals, rather than being that person that was managing massive programs across large corporations. So there was a lot of value that was added there. And yet for me, I wanted to be sort of in the ditch (laughs) and really working directly with people. And so what motivates me each day is I'm working with people who are in the types of roles I used to be in or in the types of roles that people I worked with used to be in. And I understand what it's like to be inside an organization. I understand the challenges, the stress, the the overwhelm that can come. And so what motivates me and the vision that I have is to be able to be that person that can understand where someone is coming from and yet also challenge them to get their arms around what it is that, that they're dealing with, whether it is setting a clear vision, whether it is really working with them to identify what are those top priorities that are going to be most impactful to the business, what I see so often is people are working on 500 different things and going at 500 different directions and it's not going to get them to what they're trying to achieve. So to me, the vision is to be that person that can partner with the organizations and the clients that I work with to help them to stretch beyond what they feel they might have actually been able to accomplish on their own and to partner with them to get there. So that's what is personally meaningful to me in working with leaders is to really, particularly those in technology, that's where the bulk of my background has been. I've worked with many, many people over the years in technology who often are absolutely brilliant at what they do and struggle with the people side of things. And so to be able to help them step into that true leadership role where they can have a vision that they know how to articulate in a way that gets people excited, that they know their people and can help them be the best that they can be, that is really rewarding to me. Mm, Beautiful. I love that. Well, we are very close to the break right now. So I think what I would like to do is I think we'll go to the break. And when we come back, what I would like to talk to you about is a little bit more about setting boundaries and really channeling your own creativity. And maybe we'll have some conversation about money as well. And so right now we're going to though take a little short break and we want to thank all of our listeners who are downloading, rating and reviewing. We are welcoming thousands and thousands of downloads from all over the world. I want to shout out this week to our listeners in New Hampshire because that's where Sherry is from and so am I. So we're going to give a shout out to the listeners in New Hampshire and we're going to be right back with Sherry Dutra. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Creative Age Consulting Group. Women, are you ready for a big revenue breakthrough so you can stop working like a man and being paid like a woman? Are you ready to take the leap and go deep to claim your value and convert your wisdom to wealth? Is now the time to fulfill your mission and change the world? 
Creative Age Consulting Group is hired by women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance and be heard by millions while building a sustainable business model that makes bank. Please visit apply.wealthylifemethod.com to apply for an invitation-only consultation. If you have been inspired to receive support in welcoming wealth by making your most heartfelt contribution to the world, be sure to apply for a consultation today. Once again, that is apply.wealthylifemethod.com or click in the link in the show notes to access the application. And we are back with Sherry Dutra. Sherry is an executive coach and facilitator who works with corporate leaders. You can find out more about her at www.dutraassociates.com. We will have the uh, URL in the show notes as well as all the rest of the contact information for Sherry. So Sherry, before we went to the break, we were talking about you and your own leadership and your own vision, as well as all the leaders that you like to work with and how you like to help them. And what I'd like to talk about on this backside is I want to talk a little bit about money. So I want to talk about money and I also want to talk about men. I'm feeling really called to talk about men because you are somebody who's been in corporate for 25 years working with leaders in your own corporate career plus 11 years working with leaders in your consulting business and your coaching business. And I'm guessing that a lot of the leaders, especially if you do a lot of work in technology, are men. Mm-hmm. And so you are somebody that I would consider a way shower, a trailblazer, a woman who went there when other women were not welcome, maybe. And so I'd mm-hmm. love to have you talk about your own journey to like establishing yourself as a voice of power and also generating financial flow for yourself when perhaps you were, you know, maybe could be considered a minority. Oh, interesting. So I have worked with men forever in my career, primarily. I've worked with a lot of women in my business now, um, as well as men. But over the years, I worked in high-tech firms, even in human resources. It was primarily men when I was coming up. And so I think I got very used to working with men, working with engineers, and I honestly never, as I, you know, I'm thinking about it now, I honestly never felt like that was difficult for me. And I've been told by some of my clients that I have this direct but compassionate way of working with people. And I know I'm not unique in that, but I think a lot of coaches either are more on the direct side or more on the compassionate side. And there are fewer of us that kind of combine the two together. And I think that may be helpful. I was, this is going back a really long time ago, but I was the first female instructor in a division of 10,000 people at the time. And I was very early on in my career. And I had to get up, I was co-facilitating leadership programs, and I was teaching that material to people who were several levels higher than me in the organization. And while that was a little bit intimidating, it also caused me to step into that uh, and to be able to realize I could be successful in that because I was respected in that. And, and I was concerned in the beginning that 
oh my gosh, what are these people going to think? You know, I, I'm so much lower in the organization than they are, yet here I am teaching them leadership skills. But I gained a lot of credibility from that and it really stepped up my confidence. So I honestly have not felt like it's been difficult for me to work with men. I think I'm able to build good rapport with most people that I interact with. Beautiful. Well, yeah. I can see why. You're direct <laughs> and compassionate. <laughs> and, and congratulations for being a first female because there are a lot of people who are, you know, really successful today because of the first females who did whatever the first female did, right? Like I was the first female X or I was the first female Y. So mm -hmm. thank you for being one of the first females and for blazing that trail and for stepping in with confidence and clarity and uh, also for cash flowing. So let's yes. talk about money a little bit. Yes. As a leader, you know, in your own business, you definitely need to be attending to money and cash flow. But when you're working with people who are in these high leadership positions, there's a lot of money involved there as well. So can you talk a little bit about leadership and money? however you want to talk about it, either within okay. your own business or within environment of people that you work with. Okay. So I'll start within my own business first. So I started my business in January of 2008. That was not a particularly good time to be starting a service-based business, but it was time for me to leave. I was ready to move on and I knew I was going to find a way to make it work. And because I was putting the bug in the right people's ears about the fact that I was starting my own business. I was called upon pretty early on by an organization that I had known a woman who worked there for years. And I had an opportunity to get involved in doing some career transition coaching for people. And so it gave me the opportunity to actually, it was good timing because of all the layoff activity that was happening at that point in time, I actually was well positioned to be able to work with those folks. So I had the chance to really be able to do something that was meaningful to help people in a difficult time in their life. And that was a variety of men, women, all levels of people from manufacturing folks right through senior executives. And so that helped to build the cash flow in the beginning. And through that, I was able to have some time to build my network, to be talking with people, to be talking with people I used to work with who had moved on to other organizations and begin to build the business over time. So for me, what brings in business is really primarily referrals. Mm -hmm. So building that relationship with the folks that I work with, whether it's an organization or individual clients, and having them be able to refer me on, that has been the biggest builder of business over time. Inside of the organization, and hopefully I'm going to touch on the, the way you're looking for this, money inside the organization. When I am working with a company and we're trying to look at what is it that they really need. So oftentimes people will call and say, I need a training program. More often than not, they don't need a training program. They need something else. And so I could just go in and say, here you go. Here's your training program. But that's not how I want to operate. I, it's really important to me that I sit down and talk with them and understand what is it they're really trying to accomplish? What's the outcome they're hoping for? What's the impact on the business for that outcome? And to really spend some time exploring with them and getting to what is the real issue. And from that, we're able to identify 
what is the resource? Perhaps some of it is training, some of it might be coaching, it might be a facilitated um, off-site meeting. Whatever that solution might be, if I'm the right one to provide it, we've identified what is it that's going to have the biggest impact, that's going to give them the biggest return on investment. So I don't want people to spend money for something that's not going to give them value. Uh, It's really getting to what is that most impactful issue and how can I help them resolve that in a way that's going to get them back multiples of what they're actually investing. Mm, Beautiful. All right. So I think the next thing I want to ask you is I would imagine when you come in, just like you just said, people think they need one thing, but what they really need is something else. I would imagine that, you know, one thing I know about leadership is that oftentimes a leader is better served by letting go of stuff. So I would imagine that you do some work around helping people to let go of things, especially perhaps with the leaders who are getting ready to retire. So can you talk a little bit or maybe give our listeners some immediately actionable steps that you might guide somebody through who is getting to that point of, you know, being ready to retire around letting go so that they can have ease in that process. Mm. So one of the things that's most important when an executive or a business owner gets to that point, I was was speaking with an attorney the other day who was helping with the sale of a business. And sometimes what happens in her experience is that that leader gets close to selling the business and then backs off because they're not really prepared. Same thing with a leader in a company. They get close to that time of making the transition and there can be a level of anxiety that comes up. And so some of it is letting go, letting go of the identity they've had with whatever role it is that they've been doing. What I like to focus on more is really less about the letting go and more about crafting what they're walking towards Mm. so that they're thinking about something other than the money. So most people, if they do anything, they think about what money do I need when I retire? But it's more than that. It is about how are they going to find meaning and purpose? What are their social circle going to look like? How are they going to stay mentally and physically engaged? And People often don't think about that. They sort of think that those things will take care of themselves. In some cases, they get anxious about what it's going to be. So I like to work with people two or three years before they're ready to make that transition and start to help them really craft that picture of what is important. So this is about tapping into their values, tapping into those things that are most important to them, the purpose that they have in life, and to be able to identify what is it on the other side that's going to allow you to feel fulfilled. That could be taking care of grandchildren. That could be starting a new business. That could be working part-time doing something they never thought they would do, something that's completely fun for them. And it could be volunteering. Doesn't matter. It's getting that thing that is aligned with what is most important to them and how they want to leave their legacy in the world. It's also taking a look at those other aspects I mentioned. What are they doing to really take care of the health so that they have the stamina and the energy to do the things they want to do, to be able to stay mentally sharp, to be able to think about, geez, Everybody that I interact with is at work. Well, now I'm not going to be there anymore. I have no one and people become isolated. So what are the things that they will do 
to begin to create that social outlet as well. So it's really about crafting a whole new next stage of their life. Time used to be that people literally didn't live too much longer after they retired. Average age of death was much lower than it is now. So people might have had a few years at most. Now, average age of retirement is 62 and in the U.S. And from there, people could have 25, 30 years or more left. Mm -hmm. And so that's a whole second adult lifetime. Mm -hmm. And what is happening is that it's not just due to not being prepared in this arena, but, but what's happening is that age 65 and above, the statistics are getting higher and higher of more people suffering from depression, mm. more people suffering from alcohol and drug abuse, mm. more suicides in that age range. And some of it, not all of it, but some of it could be lessened by people actually being prepared for that. And so I find that people in leadership, people who have been very invested in the work that they've done, that they've worked 50, 60 hours a week for years, they've been very excited about the work that they do, can be very lost in a drift mm -hmm. if they haven't thought about this in the same way that they've thought about making sure that they have enough money. Mm, beautiful. Well, we have only just a few moments left. It's amazing how quickly this goes, Sherry. So in the last few moments, I'd love to have you share with our listeners, what's next for you? Mm, what's next for me? So what's next for me is actually when I started this business, I had my long-term retirement in, in mind, and I'm still quite a number of years away from that. But I wanted to choose something that for me could be upscaled, downscaled. I can do it from anywhere. I do most of my coaching over the phone. And so this is something that I can do as long as I can breathe if I want to. <laughs> and so um, I love what I do. And so what's next for me, uh, I still have a number of years before I make that transition. Really, it is about continuing to work and grow and build relationships in the New Hampshire and Massachusetts area primarily, where I can have easy access to work with folks. Yet that said, I can work with people and do work with people all over the world because the phone and Zoom are a very easy thing to use for that. So what's next for me is to really continue to expand this work because I absolutely love what I do and I want to be able to um, impact as many people as I can while I'm still on this planet. Beautiful. Well, uh, I'm going to give you a little seeing because I'm a seer. <laughs> My seeing for you is that you actually can expand and grow exponentially beyond, certainly beyond New Hampshire and Massachusetts, that's for sure, and impact a lot more people. So I vote yes for that vision. And <laughs> I, I'm so grateful that you came today, Sherry. Thank you so much for being on the Wickedly Smart Women podcast. And we're going to say thank you also to our listeners. Listeners, we do love feedback. Please let us know what you thought of today's show or send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. Thanks for tuning in. Keep your ears open. And remember, you are wonderful women. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to review and rate Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom, 
and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.